Tuesday, August 3rd, and that means QB list has launched for the 2021 NFL season. I mean, how amazing is that? Football is back, and I keep seeing this all over Twitter. It makes me happy every time. We have football every week until February, and I know who else that news makes happy. That is QB list editor-in-chief, the man in charge, the guy who's not going to get any sleep for the next 12 hours while he works tirelessly on the QB list launch, and that is Eric Smith. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm excellent. I uh, brewed a pot of coffee about 4 p.m., if that tells you where I'm at. So uh, things are great. I'm well over 200 uh, player profile write-ups. I did all the rankings this year. I've been helping Kenny Heitenhove with the projections. Lots of stuff going on. It all kind of culminates today for launch day. Uh, we just, you know, we throw it all out at once and uh, it's just a really exciting day here. So coupled with all of our new hires, it's been a really exciting week, a uh, really exciting week ahead. And uh, it feels like football season now. I'm ready to go. You know, I've always wondered how how you do all the work that you do with the rankings being on the podcast uh, and all of that stuff. And I think I just caught a glimpse of it. There's It's three of you in that trench coat there that you wear every single episode, right? <laughs> There's three Eric Smiths doing all that work. That's the only way it makes any sense. But you did just get some help. Uh, as you mentioned, we have 11 new QB list staff writers. How awesome is that? Um, you can check out our Twitter at the QB list to see all of our new writers and give them a follow. We have some really, really exciting people, some really cool new fresh perspectives. And uh, we're really, really excited for just honestly, this whole launch and everything that comes um, mainly. I mean, obviously the people um, amazing, but really exciting is for the first time we have QB list football projections for the year done by our own Kenny Heitenhove. Eric, you've gotten a look at the projections. What are you thinking? How are you feeling about them? Yeah, so we'll dedicate a whole podcast to them. I want to bring Kenny on. Um, it was a huge project, and it's just um, it, it's really interesting to go through. It, it just really opens your eyes on things where it's maybe not even the final numbers are the big thing. It's going through the, the inputs, um, tweaking them, and seeing like, wow, there's a huge opportunity here for this player. Um, I mean, there's, you know, we're going to talk about Devontae Smith later, but he was someone that our projections spit out a huge target share for in Philadelphia. There's just, uh, you start dividing up the target shares and you just see these huge opportunities and it really opens it up for you when you do projections. So uh, we got some really cool stuff. I'm re really happy with the way they turned out. Um, the final rankings are important, but it, it really is just the process of it. It really makes you look at every team, every player, every target share. And it's just, uh, I feel more prepared this year than I have for any season. So huge thanks to Kenny. He put in most of the work on that. He deserves all the credit on it. Yeah, I can tell that you and Kenny put a ton of work into these projections, and it's super cool to kind of see it all laid out and be able to see, you know, what your thoughts are and how the different players on every team projects out on a numbers basis. Because it's it's one thing to say, oh yeah, this guy is going to be the number three ranked or number six ranked, but uh, to see it, you know, quantified, to see the numbers behind it, you know, really puts into perspective just kind of how far apart some of these players. Uh, are how far apart some of these tiers are and it's really cool to see that uh, if you want to see our full projections obviously we're going to be talking about them as we do the positional podcast over the next few weeks but if you want to see the full projections you got to head over to qblist.com they'll be up there uh, our discord community our pl plus members actually got them last friday uh you know early access for being part of the pl plus community and they will continue to get uh early access to updates as the season goes on as injuries happen and that sort of thing so if you want to make sure that you have the most up-to-date, uh, you know, most accurate projections. Join our community, pitcherlist.com slash plus uh, to be a part of that. And, you know, Eric, you mentioned not just all the work you did with Kenny for the projections, but also you're doing all of the rankings this year, correct? 
Yep. And they are different things too. I mean, projections are going to spit out, you know, the season you think they're going to have uh, rankings are going to fit in more upside. Um, you know, like just because you can get a running back who finishes running back 20 doesn't mean you want to draft them there. You may want to swing for the fences and go for someone who can win your league. So it's a delicate balance between projections and rankings. So it's, it's helpful to have the two, um, but like the, the projections were really useful. I mean, it shows someone we'll talk about later, Matthew Stafford. Um, it shows how hard it is for him to have a monster year without the rushing ability. That's just a huge factor for quarterbacks. And it really lets you quantify that. So it helps set me up for my rankings, just kind of seeing like, okay, if I give this person a crazy touchdown rate, what does that actually do to their, their ranking? And it, it really puts things in perspective. So I'm really excited about all this and we're going to be talking about it for weeks here. Yeah, with all the quarterbacks running, it's almost like, hey, Matt, if you don't throw, or sorry, Matthew, as a, I feel like has been a lot more out there over this uh, past offseason than in previous seasons. But Matthew, if you don't throw 50 touchdowns, uh, you're not going to be QB5, okay? That's what we need from you if you ain't going to run. I mean, that's kind of how it feels these days because some of these guys are out here, you know, throwing up, uh, you know, 60 yards rushing, 100 yards rushing in a game. And it's like, okay, cool. They didn't do much with their arm, but they're still QB two on the week because you know all those all those uh, fantasy points on the ground. So, yeah. uh, really interesting stuff to be able to see it, quantify it, you know, have those numbers in front of you. Uh, so we got the projections, we got the rankings. What else can people expect when they come to QB list this year? Oh, I mean, of course, what we saw on Sit Start as always is going to be the staple of our site. Um, Sit Start won't launch up until Week One of the regular season, but we will have what we saw for the preseason, going through everything you missed. Because let's be honest, uh, you're probably not going to watch all of the preseason games. So uh, we'll have a staff member on each game, letting you know what you missed for fantasy purposes. Um, other than that, though, at launch, we're going to have uh, AD, ADP values and traps, uh, sleepers, busts, bold predictions league winning running backs, play calling tendencies. We've got all kinds of stuff. Um, our veteran staff and our new staff have just uh, been just cranking out stuff over the last two weeks. So it's going to be an awesome launch. The site's going to be packed like we were here all off season. So just jump in and check it out. Um, and then, you, you know, our usual stuff will be coming throughout the year, but I'm really excited what we have here at launch. So uh, please check it out. Let us know. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Let us know what you think and uh, maybe come join us in PL plus because it's really the Discord community is really picking up right now, so it's a fun place to be. Yeah, as the uh, draft season starts getting into full swing, everyone's gonna, you know, be looking for that, uh, you know, last minute, you know, thoughts, opinions, analysis, that sort of thing, which is what always makes articles like, you know, ADP values or sleepers so fascinating. But I gotta say, as someone who I feel like every year around maybe week three or week four, and I'm disappointed because you know, that running back that I drafted isn't running as much as I thought he would. And someone's dunking on me on Twitter and like, well, if you ever looked at this offensive coordinators uh, play calling for the last five years, you'd know that they don't use just the, and I'm like, oh, damn, that, you know, that's a really good point. I wish I had known about that. And we do have cool stuff like that with the play caller tendencies. So maybe this year I get to be the one dunking on other people on Twitter. Just kidding. I will, I will probably still get dunked on, but that's fine. <laughs> that is fine. That, you know, I'm here to be the everyman. I'm here to to learn the knowledge along with you guys, so we can we can you know we can win our fantasy leagues this year. Maybe Eric, maybe I'll beat you in the staff league uh, this year. Who knows? Uh, let's talk about some news. Let's talk about some stuff that's happened recently. Obviously, the big one: uh, Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz is going to have surgery. I thought it was kind of interesting. So he has a broken bone in his foot that he's been playing on for like his whole career they said it dates back potentially to high school and uh it's just kind of been the thing where the the bone has just loosened and loosened and loosened over time and he he has to address it now uh first of all the number of times we hear about a player like eight weeks into the season and they've been underperforming and they're like oh yeah he's he's been dealing with like a, a 
broken bone in his leg or like has torn his shoulder entirely out of his socket, but he's been playing through it. Thanks. Ibuprofen. It's like, just no, just get get surgery. Why didn't Carson Wentz have surgery on this before? Why is he, my question is why is he getting it so close to the season? It's been six months since the Super Bowl. Why, why hasn't he had surgery yet? I just had a lot of thoughts on this one. But uh, <laughs> we're looking at most likely Carson Wentz will be back sometime during the first two months of the season. Could either be the first week of the season, could be week seven, could be somewhere in between. That's the uh, likely timeline. Eric, I just threw a lot your way in regards to the Carson Wentz injury. Just, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's been bizarre because I think it was just two days ago. They were like, um, he's going to wait and see if it heals. We're going to put off surgery. And then it was like, no, nope, okay, surgery. It was almost like the Twitter backlash sparked them into like, oh, no, we better get this done. So that that moved really quickly. Um, now, you know, we got this five to 12 week timeline. I don't believe he's had surgery yet. So we don't know when that timeline starts. Um, but now they're saying that they're not going to trade for a backup quarterback, probably. Um, they're going to roll with what they've got. They added Brett Hundley, who uh, hasn't oh, yeah. really played since 2017. So um, they have him, Jacob Eason, and Sam Ellinger. So, like, they're already saying they're not going to trade for a backup. They're not ruling them out for week one, but we get this five to 12 week timeline. Uh, it, it's a little confusing. Uh, the, the Colts are a super patient team. They're really well run yeah. when it comes to the general manager. So I think they're playing the long game here. They know that, you know, they're they're going to keep that draft pick if uh, Wentz doesn't play much here. They're also realistic and know that they're not going to be a good team with whatever quarterback they can scrape up right now at this point in the season. So I think they're just kind of committed to hopefully Wentz is healthy. If not, this is a bad year and we shoot for 2022. So I think that's where we're at with the Colts. Maybe they're slow playing this and they've got a big move ahead, but uh, I just, I suspect they invested so much in Wentz here that it's kind of Wentz or bust this year. And um, it, it could be pretty bad if this is the quarterback group they roll out, if Wentz isn't in there to start or if he gets re-injured. Uh, I was already a little bit down on this offense, and this is just kind of the final blow for me. So conspiracy theory time. I've got right. two of them. Uh, <laughs> the the less sinister one is they you know said what they said yesterday uh, or two days ago now about uh, you know uh, Carson Wentz let's rest and rehab. We'll take our time and we'll see how he's doing. And, and he'll probably go play. And then maybe, I don't know, maybe we make it through the season. Maybe, you know, we have to get surgery later down the road. Uh, and then someone in the front office was like, wait a minute. Didn't, didn't we put protections on that pick depending on uh, how much Carson Wentz plays and, and it actually be, behooves us to not have him play so much. So then they were like, Oh yeah, no, never mind. We're going to have him get surgery. Uh, or the more sinister version, they knew all along, and that's why they waited so long to get surgery. And they were like, "Let's have him get surgery right before the season starts." And then our, you know, pick's not gonna be as as that's, good as we're gonna send to Philadelphia. What do you What do you think? That's devious. I love it. Um, but no, he's the way his contract is. He'll be on the team next year. So, you know, I know this is not ideal, and they would have liked to have gotten a little more information on Wentz this year. And who knows? Maybe plays week one, but. He will be their quarterback next year, or I mean, he'd be the most expensive backup in the league. So <laughs> he'll be he'll um, be on their roster next year, one way or the other. Yes, this is, I don't think you're finding a second team yeah. to pay Carson Wentz what he's what he's due. So exactly. obviously, I think it's safe to say no one's out here drafting Jacob Eason or Brett Hundley. Uh, no one. I mean, most likely don't draft Carson Wentz. Uh, he was already a borderline uh, starting quarterback to begin with. Maybe if in two weeks' time they're like surgery went great, he'll be back week one no problems he's going to blow through all the projected timelines probably still don't draft Carson once then but like you know whatever take a flyer on I'm sure but 
Is there like so quarterbacks were we're out? We're not drafting any quarterbacks here in Indianapolis. But what does this mean for guys who you know normally are being drafted like T.Y. Hilton or Michael Pittman Jr.? What do you think this means for for those kinds of guys who do rely on their quarterback? Yeah, it's tough. Um, and I was already relatively low on this whole passing game anyway. I just thought that we were kind of underrating the season that Phillip Rivers had and to expect Wentz to come in and put up Rivers numbers. I know Rivers was slow and, you know, fell over trying to make a tackle on an interception and looked very much his age, but um, he put together a pretty good season and Wentz had his work cut out for him anyway. So I was down on Hilton. He seems to be on the downside of his career. Um, I was holding out hope for Pittman because I think he's got some good upside and this could still happen for Pittman, but uh, it just no work with Wentz in training camp. Now it, it really just hurts the chances of a breakout from Michael Pittman. So uh, him and Paris Campbell would be the ones I'm still interested in, but it's more like end of the draft now, as opposed to maybe somebody you're picking at wide receiver five and hoping for a breakout. Yeah. Pittman was being drafted uh, around like picks eight and nine. Uh, looking like he was being drafted around like the 45th wide receiver off the board, T.Y. Hilton, the 52nd wide receiver off of the board, and then uh, Paris Campbell all the way down around pick 200. So that's, you know, towards the end of your draft anyway. Um, but you're saying now for Pittman, you might not be touching him until, what are you thinking, like round 12, round 13, like before you pick your kickers in defense kind of a situation? Yeah, I, I think the talent is there. And if we can get Wentz back soon, then um, I, I do like Pittman. So I, I'm still willing to draft Pittman. I think it's just Hilton's out for me now. Uh, Paris Campbell, I think, is mainly out for me. I was never as high as some anyway. So, yeah, Pittman's an end of the end of the draft stash for me. But some leagues, you're not going to have the bench size to be able to really stash them. And I'm just I'm very skeptical that week one through three, you're going to be playing Pittman. So just just make sure you're in a league where you can sit on him for a few weeks. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, last, I don't want to, you know, preempt the running back podcast, but does this affect Jonathan Taylor's value at all to you? It does in the sense of, you know, if everything went right, we were still holding out hope that Frank Reich kind of saved Wentz's career and this offense looked awfully good. And I trust the coaching and a good line. So the, the full blown like touchdown upside, I think has dropped some now on Taylor, uh, but he's still going to get a ton of looks and, you know, who knows? These backup quarterbacks might check it down even more than Wentz would. So he could still get some some receptions here. I don't think it's a death blow to Taylor. Um, I was already a little bit low on him, so I don't really adjust him a ton by this. But I do want to give it a second look before our podcast on running backs and uh, see if I need to update anything. But I already had him a little lower than consensus anyway, so it, it didn't really move the needle a ton on me. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you weren't getting Jonathan Taylor anyway. I feel like yeah. sometimes with these guys uh, who their their value is so much higher uh, or sorry, they're like what they're being drafted at is so much higher than than our perceived value. Uh, if you were to say rank Jonathan Taylor at RB10, it's almost like, OK, well, why even rank him anymore at this point? I'm not drafting him. I'm not going to get him anywhere. Who yeah. cares? I mean, that that's why I'm not doing the rankings. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's why I'm not drafting him anywhere. There's always someone who takes him at pick five. So I've just been sitting and watching most of the offseason. There you go. Uh, moving on to Baltimore, um, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown suffered a hamstring injury. Apparently it's more significant than they originally thought. Uh, I don't know that there's a timeline out there right now, uh, just that he's out for, you know, an, an undetermined amount of time. And when it comes to wide receivers and hamstrings, like I, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't, I don't want, I don't like that. No, I, I don't like drafting injured players. Uh, Hollywood Brown has had some injury history. And yeah, hamstring for a speed receiver, that's bad. So um, it, it's a bummer because he was in a nice spot in drafts where he was pretty cheap. You could take a shot on him. 
um, especially in like a best ball. You know, you're going to catch a couple big weeks. So um, I am not really touching him now. Um, we had him projected for 89 targets. That's with injuries factored in, uh, which is a pretty healthy amount, 6.25 per game. So that opens out a huge, huge opportunity for Rashad Bateman now. First round rookie, you know, draft pick. Uh, they're going to get him the ball. I know it's the Ravens passing game, but I was pretty skeptical on a breakout from Bateman. Now it's at least in play because uh, this receiving core just took a big step back. So we'll see how long Brown is out. Maybe he's ready for week one. But just the fact that they said it's more significant than orig- originally thought, that, that's not a good sign for someone like Hollywood Brown. No, and I mean, I, I already didn't really want to draft him because, you know, you guys were protecting, what, an average of six, six and a half targets a game. But with uh, Hollywood Brown, we're talking some games that's one target, two targets, <laughs> and other games it's like 11. It just – it doesn't seem to like be any way of pr- predicting it beforehand of like, is this going to be a game where Lamar's looking his way or is it just going to be another, you know, Hey, he just go run decoy routes and, and call it a day. Um, he was also being drafted around the same range that Pittman was being drafted. Um, kind of like that eight, nine uh, kind of uh, uh, area. Where are your, you know, are you drafting? Let, let me put it this way. Who drops further in the rankings for you, Pittman or Brown? You know, I mean, I think it's Pittman just because he's never really done it before and I was already worried about this quarterback situation at least if Brown gets back he's had some spiked weeks we know Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback I know he's not a great passer but uh, they're going to put up points so uh, I'd be a little more willing to draft Marquise Brown really late like I said especially in a best ball I mean eventually you're going to get down to the you know Tyrell Williams types and drafts you know and at that point I'd rather take a shot on Brown yeah Brown's on my do not draft list uh definitely now so I'd like period I, I would i'll take a shot on literally anyone else so yeah. uh, Pittman is going to rank higher than brown for me but just because i i feel like there's a, a world in which Pittman is productive and if there's a world where marquise brown is productive i'm not gonna be able to predict it anyway so it's not gonna do me any good personally because i'm i'm always gonna be on the wrong side of uh of, he's like my odell beckham jr right just <laughs> you never know which week's gonna be the big one and it's gonna be the one where he's on your bench so you know, that's that's the way it goes for me. Let's talk about uh, a different young wide receiver. Uh, Devontae Smith, uh, unfortunately, has an MCL sprain. Um, it sounds like he's only going to miss some preseason time. Uh, he might be back in time for the opener. It's always tough to tell uh, with these kinds of injuries, but uh, hopefully, you know, he'll be back. What are your thoughts on uh, Devontae Smith missing? And by the way, missing key training camp and preseason time, too. Yeah, it's not great. Um, if you want a, a positive outlook here, uh, the, you know, Odell Beckham missed time his rookie year. Uh, everyone was off of him. He was a talented player coming out. Everyone bailed on him because of preseason injuries, and he broke out like crazy his rookie year. So it's certainly not impossible for Devontae Smith to have a nice year. Um, but I just, you know, I was kind of out on this offense anyway. Um, I was kind of out on Smith anyway. I just don't trust the passing volume here with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I don't trust the efficiency so this is just, you know, kind of the final straw for me. So, um, you know, it's kind of the same boat as, as Brown and uh, Pittman. He's going to be a late dart throw. Uh, you know, maybe hang on to him at the end of your bench and see how he looks week one or how, you know, maybe the prognosis gets better. But other than that, it's just uh, keep an eye on him for sure on waivers. But I, I don't see drafting him now. Yeah, I mean – it's just for me, it's tough with wide receivers. I, I want to know that they're that they know what they're doing, that they know the playbook, that they know the system and maybe, you know, being on the sidelines and being forced to sit and watch and, you know, taking more time perhaps to to sit there and actually, you know, uh, really ingrain yourself in into the offense 
maybe maybe that helps him. Uh, but for me, it's just it's really difficult to see. It's, you even see it with wide receivers traded, you know, in the middle of the season that they don't oftentimes come in and, and be impact players right away, even if they are highly talented. So with the fact that they have Jalen Rager there, they have uh, Travis Fulgham, who uh, had some uh, high target games. I just I don't see Devontae Smith coming in right away and just, uh, you know, demanding targets and, and really being a key part of the offense from from day one. Yeah, it, but I will say, though, I mean, our projections spit out 108 targets for him. Like it's that was being healthy, obviously. That's before the injury. But there's not a lot in this receiving core. I mean, Jalen Rager fell pretty flat last year. Uh, Fulgham really disappeared after his hot stretch. Uh, the tight ends are going to get work. But it just shows that this was a massive opportunity for Smith. Someone's got to take it in theory. I'm just down on this offense. But um, somebody's going to get 100 targets out of this offense. I just don't know who it's going to be now. Yeah, I just I just feel like if there's a time of year to miss, especially for a, a rookie or someone brand new yeah. to the to the team in the offense, th- this is not that time. This is <laughs> this is a very critical time. This is critical not just from from being on the field and practice and, and for the coaches, but also to develop that relationship with the quarterback. We all know how important uh, that can be in terms of the chemistry. And now that's again two three weeks of time that Devontae Smith is not going to be running routes for Jalen Hurts. They're not going to be working on that timing. So it just. Yeah. I mean, is he, you know, so much better than, than Rager and Fulgham that when he comes back, it doesn't matter? P- possibly, probably. But uh, at the same time, this is, I, I feel like, again, critical time for a rookie wide receiver. Yeah, and I, I think I would also say, I'm not sure the upside here is big enough to be worth drafting. Um, this is the kind of situation where maybe after week one, we pick up whoever got 10 targets. Uh, I just, I don't know if it's worth using a spot right now that you could use on a running back in a committee or a handcuff in case of an injury or something like I'd rather kind of take some shots on running backs late. I I think we let this one sort out early on and and pick someone up off waivers week two. All right. Sounds good. Um, Let's talk about a backup running back situation. That's kind of, uh, uh, you know, revealing itself right now in Atlanta. Uh, We all knew Mike Davis signed there and we weren't really sure what was going to happen, who we might need to keep our eye on as a high end handcuff there. And it looks like right now that uh, Quadri Allison is stepping up uh, as the uh, backup running back there. I mean, Mike Davis showed to be a very well-rounded player uh, really, you know, can be used both in the passing game and the running game. And so from that perspective, if he can handle the workload, we don't need necessarily a second running back, but I think we saw last year, he can't handle the workload. Um, You know, it's possible that he's, you know, with the season he just had plus an off season working on it, he can get there, but it just feels like there's going to be a second running back used quite a bit there in Atlanta. And right now it's looking like Quadri Allison. Um, where are you in on drafting him? How, how does this news affect, you know, the way you're looking at uh, the backup running backs? Yeah. And I mean, I will say first about Mike Davis. I mean, he did, he handled the workload. He, he stayed pretty healthy all season. Uh, it just seemed like he kind of faded down the stretch. So uh, I, I agree with you. Like, it doesn't make any sense for them to give him 80% of the snaps all season. Like, I just don't see how that benefits anyone. Um, So they're going to mix somebody in and then an injury opens a huge door. So this is what I'm talking about at the end of drafts here. Uh, My problem is Allison to draft him late. I just, I don't think he's all that talented. Uh, He's almost kind of produced like a fullback, you know, so far in his career, he's he's not real explosive. So I was kind of hoping Javian Hawkins would jump in and, um, you know, he's a little bit, he's an undrafted rookie, but he's got a little more burst. I was kind of hoping that he would make an impression. Now this could just be the early training camp thing where, Hey, Allison's the veteran. He's the running back to make the rookies earn their keep kind of thing. So keep an eye on it, but this is a situation worth monitoring. Arthur Smith is, you know, I, they're not going to be Derek Henry, but he's produced, you know, really good seasons out of running backs. 
Um, he's got an offense built on play action. They've got some weapons here. So uh, this is a situation I'm monitoring. I do want to draft the backup. I just wish it was someone other than Allison here. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned he's not that talented. He's not that you know explosive running back that you'd hope to see. But I mean, when in fantasy football, opportunity is king, and we've seen bad running backs be good fantasy assets for even a short period of time because they're the ones getting the work. So if something were to happen to Mike Davis, or if he wasn't holding up, you know, the way that they thought he would, and all of a sudden, you know, Allison's getting, you know, I don't know, fifty percent of the snaps and and twelve to fifteen carries or something like that, or you know. 12, 15 carries plus targets, all of a sudden, you know, you, you don't want that to be the person who has to drop 40% of your fab in week one on Quadrialis and just have him on your roster. And then you can save that fab or, you know, spend it on a different running back that we all race to spend our money on and then regret a week or two later. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Obviously, um, you know, JV and Hawkins would be a much more interesting, much more exciting RB2 there in Atlanta, but we we don't get to make those choices as much as the fantasy football community likes to believe that we make those choices. We we absolutely do not. Uh, so just keep an eye on, uh, you know, kind of the reporting out of Atlanta. Uh, finally, last piece of news, uh, really exciting for the fans of Green Bay. Uh, he is back. Obviously talking about Randall Cobb, wide receiver, finally back in Green Bay, spent a few years away from, you know, where he should be. Uh, spent a year with Dallas. We, great. We loved him. Did, did, he was amazing for us. Did everything we needed, but he is back in Green Bay where he belongs. Uh, also, some other guy named Aaron came back to Green Bay too. But let's talk about Cobb. Uh, what does this mean fantasy-wise for um, for Cobb, who has been streamable wide receiver at times, uh, and also for guys like uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Alan Lazard, obviously the greatest wide receiver too that I was ever accidentally right about. <laughs> This one was wild. I, I thought it was a joke when it came out. Rodgers was pushing for them to trade for Cobb for him to come back to the team. It's like I mean, that was a total power move there. It's like, man, who's the most average player I can force the team to trade for? Uh, Randall Cobb, bring him back. So, I mean, Cobb's fine, but he's 30 years old. It's It's been a while since he's had a big year. And this was the one year where I actually felt like they had some weapons in the passing game. I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams, um, like you said, Alan Lazard. I mean, he's only, I think, 25. Uh, he's really just had injuries hold him back. He looked primed for, you know, a healthy season. Um, they drafted Amari Rogers, who was a nice weapon, like out of the slot, uh, maybe some yard after the catch type stuff. And then Scantling deep about us Scantling. I mean, it seemed like a good group to me. You get Tanya in a tight end. I was like, okay, I, I know these roles. I know how this is going to work. I like all these players for the most part. Um, for once, I like the Packers receiving core. And now I think Cobb's just going to jam it all up and steal targets from the more exciting Ro Amari Rogers and, Eh, from Lazard and I, I, I kind of hate it. It's funny because I was in on Cobb last year as a cheap, you know, kind of late round receiver for Deshaun Watson. And now I've, I've turned on him. I'm, I'm disappointed that he's in green Bay. I wish he would clear the way for the younger targets, but I, I think he's going to get some work. So um, he'll probably have his weeks where he catches seven passes and scores a touchdown, but I wouldn't expect a whole lot out of Cobb. I got to say, I, I mean, obviously Cobb being back, it, it, it's a, a veteran that Roger spent a lot of time with and obviously someone, I mean, like he could ask for Jordy Nelson to come back. That would be like, an, but I got to say based on the stories and, and all the reporting and, and some of the stuff that came out in the last, you know, uh, two weeks of kind of like, Hey, let's try to not cover up, but let's patch everything in the media landscape, make everything look better, whatever. Uh, I'm surprised that Aaron Rodgers didn't demand they bring back Jake Kumara because uh, really that seemed like the straw that broke the camel's back. So how do you yeah. fix it? Let's bring back the the sixth round rookie that like wasn't very good in training camp, but Rogers thought was good. I don't know. 
They, they uh, might have been able to get him on waivers, though. They had to trade for Cobb and eat part of his salary. It's just wild. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, and Kumaro actually was an undrafted free agent. I, I, for some reason, thought they'd use like a sixth or seventh round pick on him. No, he wasn't even that. He was literally an undrafted free agent, but Aaron Rodgers did like him. Um, Rodgers is back. Uh, that's exciting. Kind of transitioning out. Let's talk about your quarterback rankings. Um, does Aaron Rodgers, who just came off of one of the best seasons, if not the best regular season of his career, is, is definitely up there. Uh, where does Aaron Rodgers? I know, I know this isn't the order we were going to go in, but I kind of feel like we got to talk about it. Where does he rank for you? What does this mean for Green Bay? Okay, so Aaron Rodgers is my QB six on the year. Um, and it's like we talked about up front. It's the rushing, really. Um, last year, he had a 9% touchdown rate, um, monster touchdown rate for him. Uh, Russell Wilson was second in the league with a 7.2% touchdown rate. So he was spiked above everyone in the league. And I know everyone out there saying like, yeah, well, Rogers just throws for a lot of touchdowns every year. Like that's just what he does. And that's true. But uh, 9% is hard for him to repeat. Um, that's only the second time he's hit that rate in his 13-year career. He's just had two other seasons above 7%. So that's a real outlier season for Rodgers. Um, and with that, last year, he was QB4 on a points-per-game basis. So even with that outrageous touchdown rate, uh, there were three other quarterbacks above him. QB4 is great, obviously. But um, if we lose some of that, I, that's why I got him in the QB6 range. Um, he's in my second tier. Um, it's a really good tier, and it's a tier that I want. Um, it's actually I want to come out of the draft with one in the first two tiers. So Rodgers is included in there. But uh, he's not in my elite tier because of the rushing ability. I expect to drop back. And, I mean, you got to remember, he was kind of a mediocre fantasy quarterback the year before last year. Uh, the year before that, he was 19 points a game, so he was still good. But, um, it, you know, he's he's fluctuated with his touchdown rate from year to year. And without that rushing floor, I just can't put him much higher than, you know, the 5-6 range. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you touched on his touchdown rate at being, first of all, career high 9.1. Um, he did have a 9% touchdown rate all the way back in 2011, but it's, it's so high. It's higher than each of the last two seasons. If you added them together, he had a 4.6% touchdown rate in 2019, 4.2 the year before that. So yes, Aaron Rodgers orchestrates offense very well, and he's able to, uh, you know, uh, throw more touchdowns than the average quarterback. Sure, but nine point one is just absurd. And there's, I mean, if he duplicates it, that would absolutely be a, a, an inhuman feat. And I, I don't see him doing that. Um, he is pretty much. You look at your rankings. He is the highest ranked quarterback that doesn't do a lot on the ground. Uh, but I mean, almost except for his State Farm counterpart, who's number one on your rankings. Uh, let's not, you know, play any games here. It's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's your number one quarterback. And he's it's surprising to me to see the the rushing numbers as low as they are in the projections. But when you think about it, Mahomes doesn't really run that much. He's just he's just a, pretty athletic as far as quarterbacks go, but he doesn't run as much. So uh, Mahomes being number one and not having a ton of of rushing uh, you know points there is kind of surprising to me considering the guys around him. Yeah, and some of this is just betting on talent, which I know is kind of against what we just said with Rodgers. But, um, you know, Mahomes does chip in rushing. Uh, it's not like Lamar Jackson by any means. But, I mean, we got him projected for 250 yards rushing. And, you know, projections kind of flatten things out a little bit. But, um, you know, he runs for 300 or so yards a year. Um, he'll give you a couple touchdowns on the ground. It helps. So it's, it's a little more than Rodgers gives you. Um, but he's just – I mean, he's just been an elite quarterback. You can't argue with the production that he's had um, as far as fantasy goes, for sure. Um, he was second in the league last year in points per game with almost 25. 
Um, his 2018 season, he put up 26 points per game. Even his 2019, where he had an injury midseason, was uh, 20 points per game. So he's like the only quarterback that's reached those lofty heights in two of the last three seasons. And so that's just a big thing with Mahomes is it's hard to imagine him fin- finishing much below like QB three or four. Uh, he's just, he's so consistent. He's got one of the best play callers in the league. Um, he's entering his age 26 season. Like he's got two elite pass catchers that he's already got chemistry with. Like there's no change here. The offensive line is better. There's just not a lot of holes in it unless Kelsey or Hill gets hurt. So um, that would be the main concern. But other than that, uh, you know, like I said, it, it, it took an injury for him to score about 20 points a game, and uh, that's still pretty good for a quarterback. So Mahomes um, is almost a tier by himself, uh, but I lump him in with the other quarterbacks. I, I think they're pretty close. Yeah, Mahomes, I think for me, what separates him from everyone else, and it's it's kind of similar to like the, uh, I was crossing sports here, uh, but like the Mike Trout uh, discussion where it's like, are there people that are going to be better than him every year? Probably, but you can bank on that floor. I mean, sans injury, which this year we haven't seen trout since like may, but again, with Mahomes, you mentioned that floor. Um, yes. Are there other quarterbacks that run more than him? Absolutely. Does that mean they could have a season where they uh, outscore him fantasy wise? Absolutely. Are there also worlds where those other quarterbacks who we're about to mention are outside of the top 10? 100%. And you don't have that with Mahomes again, sans injury, but we, I mean, that's, that's football. We always have to kind of, the sans injury always exists there Uh, with Mahomes. You know, you're getting someone who's going to be top five at worst. Like if he just, it has a not, you know, typical season, that'd be a top five season for him still. So uh, he's certainly deserving of being the first quarterback off the board, uh, unless you're just really believing in, in whoever you're swinging for the fences with, but with quarterback, it's kind of interesting because it's not as, as you know, straightforward as like, okay, cool. Mahomes number one quarterback. Let me draft him with my first round pick. Cause you don't want to do that. So when, when do you, when would you draft Patrick Mahomes and when would you draft these quarterbacks in, in tier one? Yeah. So I'm generally going to pass on Mahomes, And if I am going to draft the top tier, just catch the last one left. Um, I'll say it's a little bit dependent on league type, like in some 10 team best balls. Like I don't see any problem drafting Mahomes at the end of the second round. Like there's only 10 teams. You can fill out your team pretty easily. Um, in general though, I would say like start of the third round, uh, get a, you know, get yourself a running back and receiver. I don't think it's outrageous to take Mahomes there. I'd rather wait till uh, farther into the third or the fourth, but I don't think that's going to happen very often. So he's on the table for me in the third, but if I can get one of these other three guys, a round or two later, I'd kind of rather just do that. So um, he's kind of just one of those, maybe if I'm just stuck and I hate my options, I'll kind of default to him, but I'm generally not going to reach up as high as other people are. Well, Mahomes is currently uh, being the 13th pick overall uh, via fantasy pros ADP. So that's a beginning of the second round. So seems like you're not going to get Mahomes. Uh, What about the next guy though? I mean, let's talk about the next, three quarterbacks really in tier one, because I feel like they're all pretty similar uh, and pretty similarly, you know, kind of ranked in, in your, you know, kind of projections. And that's uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, uh, Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and then Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray. Um, why do you have them ranked in that order? And is it just kind of, you know what, I just had to pick an order. Or is there, is there a little bit more method to the madness? Yeah. So I'll start with Kyler Murray, actually. I'll go out of order here. Um, My concern with Kyler Murray is I really don't like what I've seen from Cliff Kingsbury in the play calling department. Um, And he 
he seems a little less durable than these other quarterbacks. And uh, he, he made it through yeah. the year last year. Uh, I'm just, and he, he's really good at avoiding hits, but for a five ten quarterback that runs as much as he did, I mean, he ran 226 times across his ter- first two seasons. I just worry a little bit that he's going to get hurt first. And I just don't trust that offense as much. So that's what puts Murray at fourth for me. Uh, you know, he was QB five on a point per game basis though, in just a second year. So, um, our projections put him as the QB two. like there's, he's a, he's about as a lead of a combination of rushing and passing ability as you're going to get. And if it all comes together, he could absolutely be the QB one. I like that. They added Rondale more, uh, a little bit more in the passing game. So it, it's really his coach. And if Kingsbury figures it out, um, he would be higher than four. Um, Allen, I put it to. He's just, he's been like a goal line back, you know, like it's, um, he, he broke out in his passing work last year, but those rushing touchdowns are incredible. Uh, I mean, he had over a hundred rushing attempts for the second straight year. He scored eight or more touchdowns for the third straight year. Um, and then he threw for 4,500 yards on 572 attempts last year. Like <laughs> the Bills won 13 games and yet we're just bombing it out all year. They, they weren't running the ball, went ahead. Um, you know, it was just a perfect situation. And I think there's a little bit of regression in there. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to throw for 4,500 yards and 37 touchdowns every year, but uh, Josh Allen's touchdown rate was 6.5%, eighth in the league. That's nothing insane. So I, I think he's legit, and that's why I have him at number two. He's, he's like a goal line back that's also thrown for 4,500 yards. So, um, you know, it's well, I love Lamar. Um, we can get into him more in a minute, but um, that's kind of the difference between Allen and Murray is I, I really like Allen's surroundings. I like his coaching. And I, I, he's just built as a quarterback that's going to hold up to the beating a little better. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to the rushing aspect of it, like absolutely the the yards can make a difference. But at the same time, almost like the rushing touchdowns uh, can really kind of make up for. I mean, for example, Lamar Jackson, you know, kind of haven't projected a rush over a thousand yards. I know we, we weren't touched on him, but Josh Allen, five, about 500 yards behind him, but for a similar number of touchdowns. And that can give you that same rushing floor uh, that you're not getting through the air. And with Allen, theoretically, he's doing both, right? I mean, he was one of the best uh, and high, most high volume passers last season. Uh, and that's, that's fantastic. That's the kind of stuff that you want to see uh, from your, you know, your fantasy quarterback and then add in, you know, the touchdowns, the rushing touchdowns. Um, and, and it kind of, you know, gives you, you know, the really good uh, uh, dual threat kind of quarterback. Whereas with Murray, um, we haven't seen it from a throwing perspective. I mean, we saw a little bit last year, but at the same time he had a shoulder injury, uh, or I don't know if it was ever like made official, but it was pretty, uh, pretty clear that he was dealing with something there. Um, started throwing pretty much short stuff only. It's just that we haven't seen it as much. And personally, I know you mentioned that you like some of the players that they just got like Rondale Moore, Um, but I'm looking at, you know, who Kyler Murray has to throw the ball to. And I mean, yes, DeAndre Hopkins is there, but I feel better about Stephon Diggs. And the rest of the Bills, uh, you know, threats as opposed to DeAndre Hopkins, uh, whatever A.J. Green is now, rookie Rondell Moore. I mean, tight ends are a wash because you're looking at like Max Williams versus Dawson Knox. Who cares? But I just feel like there's there's more there for uh, Josh Allen. So I think he's a better passer and I think he has more to throw uh, more people to throw to. And that's going to give him that edge over Murray. I probably probably similar rushing numbers from the two of them. Yeah, but I will say in Murray's defense, uh, the first nine games before he sh- suffered that shoulder injury, uh, he rushed for 10 touchdowns uh, across the first nine games. So uh, Murray was on fire last year. The injury got to him, slowed him down a bit. The coaching slowed him down. The upside is enormous, though. So uh, I, you can't go wrong with any of these top four. It is tough to order them, but I just feel safest with Josh Allen, which is is pretty wild to say. Uh, 
you know, two years ago, we weren't sure if he was going to be an NFL quarterback. And uh, now he's a locked in QB two in fantasy. Goes to show how fast things can change with Lamar Jackson, by the way, I, I think, is it safe to say that he's probably the highest, you know, risk reward quarterback, maybe even in like the first two tiers. I mean, this is a guy who could like lap the field and be a QB one, or he could be someone you can hardly start. See, I, I think Lamar's pretty safe, honestly. Um, you know, our projections have him topping a thousand yards rushing for the third straight year. And that right there is just such consistency for a quarterback. Um, last year was a disappointment. Sure. Uh, but he still, you know, he had, so basically with this consistency, he posted 14 or more fantasy points in every start. Um, his, his final stretch, he averaged 27.6 points per game down, you know, to probably win some leagues for people. So it just, it was a slow start to the year for him, but he's still consistent. And I, I think he can get back to that 27.7 points per game from his breakout year, at least in that neighborhood. Um, they invested, you know, some draft picks at the receiver position. Uh, you know, it's as, as, as bad as he's looked at times in the passing game, he still has a career touchdown rate of 7.2%, um, a respectable enough 7.5 yards per attempt. Like it's not as bad as people make it out to be. And if it ever clicks in the air and he keeps rushing for a thousand yards, um, he's right back to that insane 2019 season. So I don't know. I think he's pretty consistent and he's got as high a ceiling as anyone. So I almost put him number two. I just, I think Allen is just a better passer has better weapons. And um, I don't think the rushing touchdowns are going anywhere for Allen. So that's kind of the difference for me. Just goes to show how uh, how powerful those uh, rushing numbers can be. Because uh, I mean, a thousand yards rushing. I don't I don't know how many running backs reach that number, but uh, exactly. it's definitely rare, definitely rare for a quarterback to do it. So uh, I mean, that's a hundred fantasy points that you're getting that other guys aren't necessarily getting. You're getting like half of that from other, uh, even the other mobile quarterbacks. You're, you know. Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray ran for 819 yards last season, so uh, there is that. Uh, he did he did come close to that, but even you know, you said he ran for nine touchdowns in the first ten games, and uh, I know he ran less after the shoulder injury, but still didn't break a thousand yards. Hasn't broken a thousand a thousand yards rushing in either of his NFL seasons, so it's it's something that isn't easily done by just about everyone. Um, but from there, we drop off again. If that's tier one, we drop down to tier two. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is in this group at quarterback six. Who is the quarterback above him that doesn't make it into tier one? Yep. So it's Dak Prescott. How he dare you? In, <laughs> he was in tier one until this little short shoulder injury flared up in training camp. I don't know if it should knock him down a tier or not, uh, but it was just kind of that with the recovery from the ankle injury. It's enough for me to just take the other four fairly clearly ahead of him. Um, but it's just injuries for him. Uh, last year, it's hard to, I mean, it, 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 we forget it at this point, but he was averaging 44.4 attempts per game before he got hurt. I mean, that's an insane number. And that volume is not going to be reached by more than maybe one or two quarterbacks in the entire league. So um, he was chucking the ball like crazy, averaging 27 fantasy points per game. Uh, that's actually the highest fantasy points per game total over the last three years. Um, obviously, it was not over very many games, but uh, he was lighting the world on fire. So if he can get back anywhere near full health, uh, he, he absolutely could challenge for QB1. Um, I love his pass catchers. It's just health. And I don't know how seriously we should take this shoulder injury. Maybe you can fill me in on that. You got the inside scoop. But um, it's just a few things start adding up, and it's enough to not want to use like a, a what third, fourth round pick on him. Uh, so that's the only reason he dropped for me. But love him as a passer. He'll chip in his touchdowns on the ground. Uh, better offensive line. There's a lot of good stuff here for Dak. 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough to tell with shoulder injuries. It's it's such a big part of a quarterback's game. And, and you know, obviously, uh, like we said, we saw what it did to Kyler Murray last year, even when he played through it. So uh, it's definitely something we have to keep a close eye on as we get closer to draft season. Hopefully uh, we get some clarity and positive clarity, uh, you know, when it comes to Dak. But the thing is, is the volume was there. Uh, the offense is absolutely, you know, explosive. And that is not going to change because our defense is just as bad as it was last year. I mean, we changed defensive coordinators. Maybe that's the difference, but the talent hasn't changed. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the Cowboys are going to be playing from behind pretty much every single game. They're going to need to score 30 points a game just to go eight and eight. Um, so the offense, the, that that potential for Dak to be one of the highest volume quarterbacks is still there. Um, yeah, that's still very much in play for uh, 2021, assuming that he can, you know, you know, remain healthy while doing so. So I understand keeping him in tier two because of the health. Uh, but I think he has as much upside if we're talking just pure ceiling as any of the guys in tier one. Um, I do. I will admit that with the injury, it, it is a bit of a lower floor, but I, I think you were right to have him in tier one if he was fully healthy. Um, let's talk about I <laughs> Cowboys still. I'm, I need to see them win games before I can be happy talking about the Cowboys. So let's <laughs> talk about other teams. Let's talk about an L.A. team, right? I could go see this guy play. Uh, that's Justin Herbert. Who had, by the way, what an incredible rookie season. Uh, no one was expecting it. I mean, we're all um, happy that he got to play. Sad for Tyrod Taylor and his lung, but we're happy that Justin Herbert got to play. And boy, did he show everyone uh, that he should have been the quarterback picked first overall. I mean, really just went to, sh- you know, goes to show that teams don't know who to draft at the top of the draft. They don't know anything about quarterbacks. Justin Herbert. What a guy you have him ranked seven. So you clearly have high hopes for him again in the sophomore season. Yeah. And I mean, our projections put him at QB five on a point per game basis. So I was pretty surprised by that too. Um, you know, he put up 22 fancy points per game, QB eight on the year last year. They got a new coaching staff, which hopefully is a little more, uh, I don't know. Thank God. Uh, sharper than the the previous coaching staff. I don't know. They just seemed a little bit behind the times, but um, we'll have to see what it means for his volume. Um, he averaged 39.7 passing attempts per game last year, fourth highest in the league. I'd kind of expect that to come down a little bit, just regression and new coaching staff and all that. But um, he just showed everything that you would want from a rookie quarterback, really from any quarterback, no matter what year they're in. Um, and he has room to make up in the touchdown department. I mean, he had a 5.2% touchdown rate. That was 14th among qualified quarterbacks. So it's not like he was running super hot with touchdowns. Um, his yards per attempt was actually 7.3. That was 18th in the league. So there's still room for progression here. Um, so I don't know. I think he could be maybe a little lower volume, but higher efficiency. Uh, they've got a better offensive line. He ran for 234 yards and five touchdowns across 15 games. So there's a lot to like here. And he's probably the quarterback I'm looking to draft the most, just as far as ADP and my tiers and kind of how it all shakes out. And there are some drafts where people draft him super early because he's a young player and and people get excited about young players. But um, if I can get him kind of at ADP on your standard site, uh, that's kind of the range I'm looking at here is the end of the second tier. So I'm hoping to end up with a lot of Herbert, but I also wouldn't be surprised a couple of preseason highlights and he's jumped up to QB four or five. So we'll see where he gets drafted, but um, I would love to have him as my quarterback for this year. Yeah. And I, I love, I mean, you look at uh, the weapons there and I mean, it's Keenan Allen as far as like receivers go. I mean, there's Jared cook. Who's like one of the better tight ends from a fantasy perspective. Um, then you're basically like, can Mike Williams be, 
productive or at least enough of a decoy to get Keenan Allen open. Cause that's who Herbert wants to throw to. But uh, I love that Austin Eckler is his running back. Um, Eckler has always been uh, heavily involved in the receiving game and uh, doesn't matter to me if Eckler is, uh, you know, scoring the touchdown on the run or in through the air for Eckler, but it does help when he, I mean, obviously last year, only two touchdowns through the air, but the year before that eight touchdowns uh, receiving and 993 yards, uh, you know, through the air two years ago. So I'm hoping that he can do more of that with Herbert. I, I think that would be really great for, for Herbert's game. Yeah. I love Keenan Allen and Eckler. I, I seem to draft Keenan Allen in every draft. So uh, if I'm in on them, I got to be in on their quarterback and uh, yeah, I just, uh, all the word from training camp has been really impressive for Herbert and for this offense. So uh, I think big things could be in store here. It's not like they went out and got some between the tackles running back in the off season. So I don't think they're going to change their style. So I'm hoping more of the same and uh, maybe he can uh, spike up to QB five or higher this year. Yeah. Open uh, offense is what we like to see for, for quarterbacks for sure. Um, let's talk about the last guy in the tier, Russell Wilson, who um, I, I don't know. Russell Wilson kind of feels like old faithful. You know, it's just like we're, we're, he's good. He's solid. He's got two of the better, I mean, one of the best wide receivers in the league in DK Metcalf. And then you also have Tyler Lockett, who has been uh, certainly a great wide receiver the last couple of years. I mean, it just, it's just going to be a, a solid year for him. I think I don't, I don't see any reason to expect anything else. Well, Wilson's wild because, yes, he's uh, super consistent year to year. We can always pencil him right around here. Um, he was QB6 overall on a point-per-game basis last year. But if you look at his season last year, I, I think some of us blacked it out. But uh, he scored 21.9 points or more in each of his first eight games, including four games over 30 points uh, first half of the season. He was MVP candidate. Um, yep. and then they just fell apart down the stretch. He only topped 20 points twice in the final eight games. Uh, they fired their offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. Um, they brought in uh, Rams passing game coordinator, Shane Waldron, as the offensive coordinator. We all know what that means. But, like, this offense was just, like, two totally different halves. It still evened out to QB6 overall, but it was a pretty wild year. So um, I would tend to think that the upside is just as important, if not more important, than the struggles in the second half. I, I don't think that was fake. So um, I'm worried that Pete Carroll's going to be in the ear of the new coordinator telling him to – run the ball, you know, but that's always a worry with Wilson. And he's just good every year. He's got two good receivers. Um, he always throws for 30 touchdowns. Like he gives you some rushing. So um, he, along with Herbert, like if he's sitting there, the last of these top eight quarterbacks, um, I'm going to draft him. It's, it's a good spot, good value. And it's kind of point of no return after Wilson. Um, once you get past him, it's either uh, we're projecting a bit on these quarterbacks or they don't have a lot of fantasy or rushing volume. So uh, he's kind of like the last like safe, reliable uh, rushing quarterback that we have. So make sure you get one of these top eight. That's kind of my big takeaway this year. There are some intriguing dart throws, but if you want to feel real safe, take one of these top eight. So, yeah, I mean, to be fair, you mentioned uh, all the things that, that went wrong in Seattle last year, but you forgot to mention that like their entire O-line just like, I don't know, just couldn't play anymore, was hurt, had to replace a bunch of dudes. It just wasn't it was not good second half of the year. I don't know. Uh I can't remember if the Seahawks did anything to address that, but them being healthy might you know that might help. Uh, you know, that that's a big one. So that's just uh something else to keep in mind that they were dealing with quite a few injuries on the front line, uh, you know, to end the year last year. So you mentioned let's get one of these top eight. Uh, I think for tier one, which was Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, and Murray. You were saying you want to target them maybe maybe end of the second round, uh, more likely third round or fourth round for them. Uh, these guys are going uh, – Mahomes going 13th, Josh Allen 21st. So 
middle-ish of the second round, and then Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson going 31 and 37. So that was kind of a little bit more in line. Um, those are both third-round picks there. Um, and then you have Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers all basically going in the 40s as of right now. So that's, I mean, that's basically eight quarterbacks off the board, uh, more or less by the end of round four. Uh, so if you say we got to get one of these eight, are you comfortable drafting a tier two quarterback in round four or a back end tier one quarterback in round three? I am. Um, I mean, I think this is going to swing a lot depending on the draft you're in, but I mean, these are, you know, kind of consolidated numbers here. So it's, it's pretty accurate. I think you can get them a little later in some drafts than that. And uh, I'm hoping to wait another round if possible. Um, but yeah, I, I think if, We'll get to some of these quarterbacks later, but if you don't get one of those guys, you're you're probably taking shots on like the Jalen Hurts types or some of these rookie quarterbacks, and we can do that, but these top eight are just so locked in. I, I think you're missing out on some opportunity here. There's a lot of depth at receiver, um, so I, I think generally you can kind of go like one running back, two receivers, and then grab your quarterback, and that's a great build for your team. So I, if you want to get wild and risk it, then wait um, at quarterback, but uh, I in years past, I would not have recommended taking a quarterback in round four, and I, I will this year. I, I'm still going to try to wait, and I'll miss out on them in some drafts, but um, I, I would grab one of these guys. They're just too good. Yeah, so if you're if you're sitting there, kind of like pick 45 and seven quarterbacks off the board, and it's like Rodgers or Wilson staring back at you, you're taking them there? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's the kind of thing where you look at the people behind you, see how many of them have taken a quarterback, how many you think are going to go when it comes None of them to took you. a quarterback. None, None of them, of them took and wait, wait, it's all the people in front. It's all the people 45? in front of you that took a quarterback. Uh, uh, the people who just picked, and yep. uh, it's Wilson and Rogers standing back at you. Pick forty-five. One, one of them. One of them. Man, you really put my tears to the test. Yeah, well, well, it's because it, that's what I'm saying. So that's the point I'm trying to make. Right? Is yep. it's easy to say it, right now? Podcasting. We're yep. not looking at a draft board. Yeah, uh, I'll get me one of these top eight quarterbacks. But when you're looking at the price people are paying this year, and I think it's because people are realizing that that this yep. isn't how it used to be. You couldn't just say, oh, I'll pick like the 11th quarterback in like round 10, whatever. We're good. No mm -hmm. problem. Now we're realizing there is a differentiation between these top eight guys and the rest of the field. Um, yep. Maybe you're the lucky person and you picked correctly. And I, I'm not even going to say I know which one of these guys after the top eight are the, are the correct guy to pick. Maybe this year, um, maybe Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. Maybe Jalen Hurts breaks out in year two. Maybe uh, Baker Mayfield comes back from the dead. Who knows? Uh, but the point being, if you want one of these top eight guys, this is the choice you have to make, Eric. So tell me, no. pick 45. Now, I, I'm taking them, and here's why. So look at the other ADPs around here. Uh, look at receivers in that area. You got Mike Evans, C.D. Lamb, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, all great players. Um, but jump down another 12 or so, we've still got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Tyler Lockett. Like, if you skip a receiver there in the fourth, you're going to be just fine. There's still another good one waiting for you in the fifth. So, yeah, I'm going to pull the trigger on one of these top eight quarterbacks, even if the price is a little higher than I like to pay, just because there are a lot of receivers out there I like. And I'm generally – I'm taking running backs in the first and or second rounds, and then I'm waiting a while this year. Um, I'm not messing with running backs anyway in this fourth or fifth round range. So, yeah, I mean, it's either it's either the tight end or the quarterback probably that you're going to go for there in the fourth. You kind of have to make that decision. But, um, yeah, I'm going quarterback. I'll get my receiver later. There's still a ton of upside. Yeah, that's a really great point about kind of like the opportunity cost because, again, you're, you're saying you look at these wide receivers. That's probably who you're looking at, right, picking in round four if you don't take that quarterback. Okay, I'm going to pick a wide receiver here. And your choices are like Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, great players, but 
I can pick the quarterback now, wait around, and still get Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, um, Kenny Galladay. There's just so, there's so many great wide receiver options that while like it, does picking a quarterback in round four make you kind of want to throw up in your mouth a little? Sure, <laughs> but if I say, hey, at the end of at the end of round five, between rounds four and five, you're going to draft Aaron Rodgers and Tyler Lockett. You're like, okay, cool, I'm good with that. Does it matter that you pick the quarterback in round four and the wide receiver in round five? No. Because yeah. you're, you you liked those two players and you're cool with that. So um, I think it's okay. I think well, it, it might be a little bit tough to pull that trigger. But I think while you're sitting there in the draft room, just queue up. Like looking at the wide receivers, be like, you know what? Yeah, there's like seven dudes that I like right now. So queue them all up and take the quarterback. And I'm sure one or two of them will be ready for you when you come back. So yeah. uh, that's kind of the strategy I think I would take as well. Because mm-hmm. you're right. Tier three, uh, I'm a little less uh, solid about these guys. Yeah. And this is tough for me too. I used to be the ultimate late round quarterback drafter. Uh, I would have waited until Matt Ryan and round, you know, 12 and taken him, but um, the rushing ability just separates these players too much. So we got to adjust. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's four years later and Matt Ryan is still like the, um, yeah, I'll take him at the end of drafts and like, you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe we've passed that point in Matt Ryan's career. So let's talk a little bit about tier three. You have, I believe seven names here, and this is kind of like the last of the, I'm cool with this guy being my starting quarterback going into the season with this guy as my starting quarterback. Um, and that's, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some of the top ones. Let's talk about Tom Brady and Matt Stafford who round out your top 10. Um, both have been around in the league quite a bit. Both are on, well, Brady was on the Buccaneers last year, but you know, Stafford to the Rams, that's new. Um, why did Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford drop for you? Because uh, bef- when we did the way too early rankings, uh, you had him in your uh, tier two. So why drop him down to tier three? Just the more I look at it, I mean, the projections helped. Um, we really tried not to tweak these projections much. We wanted to, you know, kind of put in the numbers and see what it spit out. Our, our projections put him at QB 22 on the year. Um, I think that's oh, no. below where he's going to rank, but it shows you if there's no rushing ability, what they really have to do to break out. And Stafford has just not been that good lately. I mean, he he hasn't been a top 12 quarterback since 2017 um he was on a roll in 2019 before he got hurt but that's part of it he gets hurt a lot um he's a near zero on the ground his last rushing touchdown was in 2016 (laughs) so like you're not getting anything there so we're basically just banking on the Sean McVay effect which I think is going to be real um we've seen Goff finish between like QB7 and QB18 uh you know so I mean Stafford's floor is probably around QB12 like he's going to be a starting quarterback Maybe he catches fire and throws a ton of uh, throws a ton of passing touchdowns, but there's just there's no rushing ability here. Um, this offense in general hasn't been the same since Todd Gurley was you know just running over everyone and catching passes all over the place. They're already without Cam Akers. I don't know yeah. what their running game is going to be. It's just we really need a lot of touchdowns here for Stafford to pay off. So I feel safe about starting him. I just don't. I mean, if I had to bank on him finishing QB four this year like Aaron Rodgers, I'm just, I'm not there. So uh, that's, that's what it is for Stafford. No rushing ability. We just need a a 9% touchdown rate out of him. And even then it it might not be as good as Aaron Rodgers, you know? Yeah. Now, I mean, you point out that it's been four years since Stafford has last finished in the top 12 at quarterback, but has he in those last four years had wide receivers as good as Robert Woods and Cooper cup? And yes, I know they've had Kenny Galladay and I know TJ Hawkinson, has been one of the better tight ends, one of the best tight ends, but that's still a tight end, not a wide receiver. You know, Stafford has not had 
the the two man you know uh, wide receiver like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and then you add in Deshaun Jackson, who's also a threat. I just I feel like that this is the the best uh, wide receiver core that Stafford has had to th- has you know been able to throw to, and and I think that's going to be a difference maker for him. I, I like I think Stafford is going to be the number one guy that I target if I don't have a quarterback after the after round four. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I've got him behind Brady. Um, you know, I got him ranked 10th. That's a starting quarterback. I, I mean, look at Brady, though. He threw 40 touchdowns last year, and he was the QB 8 on a point-per-game basis or no, QB 11 on a point-per-game basis. So, I mean, it's just without rushing, it, it makes it tough. So, it's just the ceiling for Stafford. I think he's going to be solid, and I love what it's going to do for his weapons. And Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I'm drafting them as much as I can. But Stafford himself, I just, I'd, I'd kind of rather just go for the, some of the rushing options. Yeah, I, I do think that's what separates tier three from the rest of them is that you either don't have the ceiling or if you do have the upside, there's uh, the floor is like below the floor. Yeah. Um, so so I do completely understand that um, with Brady. My main concern is, you know, last year we saw he he didn't play well in games that were after his bedtime and he's <laughs> a year older now, which as I'm learning means your bedtime gets earlier and earlier. I mean, every year I, I'm going to bed earlier. So I'm I'm very concerned. I, I mean, is Brady going to be good in in like the four o'clock games is he only gonna be good in them i'm just so concerned are the morning games too early for him um in all seriousness though uh i mean this this Tampa bay team is locked and loaded and everything is exactly where it was this time last year so um it is father time the only concern you have for tom brady yeah i mean it's even his receiving core was banged up last year if we get healthy evans sure. and godwin um and he caught fire down the stretch i mean uh 341 or more passing yards in five of his final seven games, uh, 20 touchdowns and just five interceptions. Like it took them a little bit to get going and then they caught fire and won a Super Bowl. Just, you know, typical Tom Brady stuff. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, being uh, 43, 44 years old, that's the concern. Um, no rushing upside, but I mean, he's going to be throwing a bunch of touchdowns and he's got probably the best supporting cast in the league, I'd say. So um, it's hard to put too many holes in his game. And I think we all should have learned long ago to stop, waiting you know predicting the end for him uh yeah, stop drafting this qb9 or 10 every year until he retires i think i don't know how he's doing it man he's like the he's like the old dude at, at the gym who do, can't play defense he doesn't run up and down the court but boy if he gets to his spot it doesn't matter what you do he, he's making that shot so i feel like that's tom brady uh he's not gonna run um he's he doesn't you know he, he i mean he's just gonna drop back at you know lock load and throw in and then you're good to go so yeah yep. i mean again the the rushing not being there definitely gonna hurt i mean he is he has by far the lowest rushing projections and i feel like you guys are being kind to him by saying he's gonna run for 38 yards uh <laughs> next year it's probably just all the the qb sneaks that just accumulate i mean he doesn't even run a yard he just sticks the ball out and and gets credit for a yard so uh all that stuff adds up over time yeah um, that was the fun part about the projections was uh you look at it and you're like wow tom brady 38 yards rushing maybe we know what we're doing here you know like that that yeah, checks exactly. out <laughs> <laughs> you're like yep you know what uh that might be a bit high but i think we're i think we're in the right on the right page yeah. um the next then i i'm gonna skip over one guy here in your rankings but there's three players after stafford that are all really interesting to me and i, I see like i think a lot of people who are, are gamblers out there who want to take that risk on are gonna draft these guys as their starting quarterback and i would i would i would strongly recommend if you want one of these three guys maybe also draft the backup quarterback but that's trevor lawrence jalen hurts and joe burrow that uh, you have at uh 11 12 and 14 um just talk to me about these three young guys. Um, what do you see is like, uh, do any of them have, what's the highest ceiling you've got here? 
Yeah. So start with Lawrence here. Um, this is where it gets into my strategy at the position. I would rather swing for the fences with Lawrence. If he busts, then I'll pick up some guys we'll get to later on the list. They'll be on waivers waiting for you. Um, I, man, I think Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he's one of those, you know, elite prospects that we just get bored of and we stop talking about them. <laughs> and all of a sudden they break out, you know, their rookie year. And we're like, oh yeah, Trevor Lawrence is like an Andrew Luck prospect. So I think he's got the best ceiling of these. I mean, if you had compared Lawrence, Hertz, and Burrow before the draft, before any of them were in the league, you would have said he has the highest ceiling. Um, you know, he's got rushing ability. He rushed for 17 touchdowns over his final 25 games in college. I know that doesn't translate, but he was completing 70% of his passes his junior year. Like he, He's super talented here. He's 6'6", 220. Like, I just – I think I worry about Urban Meyer being the coach. He says lots of weird things, and I don't trust that he knows what he's doing. But um, I think Lawrence might be good enough to lift him up here. Um, they've got pretty good weapons for, like, a really bad team, and their defense is going to be bad. So I, I, I think they're going to be passing a lot. Um, he's going to be running. And I just kind of trust him. I think he's got a pretty decent floor, really. And he, we know he's going to start all year. He'd have to be pretty awful to get benched. So – I don't know. I, I think he's got all the pieces here. We'll see if he really has a breakout year. But um, I, I think with his rushing ability and efficiency, he's going to be pretty solid his rookie year. I, he's going to be better than Tua was his rookie year. You know, and we, we've seen so many rookies do well. I just I, I don't see why we should be afraid to draft Trevor Lawrence. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that he is, you know, the least hype of like any number one pick just because he's been so good for so long that we're all bored of talking about him. But it doesn't help that the two quarterbacks picked literally right after him in the draft. One of them uh, was interesting from day one being a that he was drafted as high as he was. Uh, He's got the position battle with Jimmy G. I mean, there's a lot uh, of interesting stuff there in San Francisco. And then the other one is currently dealing with um, contract negotiations. (laughs) This franchise who apparently is like, hey, franchise quarterback, we picked number two overall. Do you want some of your signing bonus like in a few years, maybe like we promise we'll put it in like a high yield savings account for you? Like it just I don't understand what's happening there. But I mean, why talk about Trevor Lawrence when you can be talking about Zach Wilson? Well, you, you must have missed the memes. I believe he did finally sign. Uh, there were some memes of him signing the contract and it was uh I think it was like SAT prep was like how it was titled. So it was like, you know, making fun of how young he looks. So I think he's in now. They finally caved and decided to pay their uh, future, their franchise. So uh, thank, I think we're beyond God. that. But um, yeah. Thank God. Because I was, I think, I think of all the things that I've like read over the past. And we've had a lot of stuff. We've had the MLB trade deadline for the NBA draft. Uh, NFL training camps have started. Aaron Rodgers came back. And all like the wild news headlines that have come out over the past like week or so. The Zach Wilson one was just like, what? who? God, are the Raiders in charge here in New York? Like, what is happening? Anyway, so back to to Trevor Lawrence though. Jacksonville has some great weapons. Um, they got Chark. They have um, I'm drawing a blank on Marvin Jones and uh, Lavisca Chenault. A lot of a lot of really great guys to pass to there. Should be really interesting. Um, you mentioned at the beginning of this, and this is what I actually want you to talk about. Um, uh, that. This is this would be your strategy, right? Taking a shot on one of these guys, on Lawrence, on Hertz, on Burr, on these guys who have high ceilings, uh, if you miss out on one of the first eight. So I said I'd be targeting like Stafford uh, if I don't get one of the one of the top eight. Are you telling me that you want to pass on the older veterans that you have here in tier three, which are Brady, Stafford, and then a little lower Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan in favor of drafting a Lawrence, a Hertz, or a Burrow? Generally, yeah. I mean, I think the ADP is going to play it out because Brady is probably going to go early than I want to take him. I, I know people are going to hype up Stafford and draft him 
way out of his range. So um, I, for ranking purposes, I stick by Brady and Stafford ahead of them. But um, I think I'm more likely going to be in the range of Lawrence and Hertz and Burrow because there are question marks. And so, yeah, I mean, I'd rather take the upside on them. I, they've all shown enough flashes. I mean, Lawrence hasn't been in the league, but they've shown enough flashes where we know there's an upside there. And I'm willing to give it three weeks to start the season, see how it looks. And if not, we'll we'll move on to one of the guys who's been in the league for 10 years. So, yeah, I'm going with the young players here. And I, I think there is a bit of a changing of the guard here at quarterback in the NFL. So maybe if Brady ever retires, we can uh, fully realize that. Yeah, and, and have someone else to talk about for once. I don't know what ESPN would do with themselves if Brady ever retired. Um, but then again, we never knew. We didn't know what they were going to do uh, if uh, Alex Rodriguez retired, and they, they figured that one out. So uh, same with uh, Kobe, rest in peace. Didn't they so, just hire him? Yeah, right. Hey, come <laughs> talk for us. Uh, maybe that's what Tom Brady does. Maybe Tom Brady just goes and be a, a talking head. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. Who has the higher ceiling? Who would you target first? I think Hertz has the higher ceiling if it all goes right, just because his rushing ability. Um, we'll get to Burrow. I'm just worried about a few things with Burrow, but um, it's not really his fault, but uh, more the team that he plays for. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how teams prepare for Hertz. I mean, he played weeks 14 through 17 last year. Um, he put up 19, 38, and 21 fantasy points in those three games. Uh, he started that week 17 game, scored two rushing touchdowns, and they, they pulled him out of the game against uh, the Washington football team controversially so he put up some great production down the stretch i mean even threw for 300 yards in two of those three full games um 80 rushing yards per game it's just that rushing ability and it's worth chasing they've got like nobody to replace him with i mean the backups are joe flacco and nick mullins so i don't know i think he's going to get the season to work through some issues i think the rushing ability is too intriguing to pass up um it's worrisome that he's you know completing like 52 percent of his passes so far in the nfl but Hey, that was his first year, first three games. So I don't know. Maybe you get a, a very poor man's Lamar Jackson season out of him. Uh, he cracks the top 10. Um, you get him pretty late. And I just, I just, the rushing ability just gives him a huge upside. So uh, Hertz is my favorite um, of that group you just mentioned. That was, that was elite quarterback Joe Flacco that you were just dissing <laughs> there. How dare you? Uh, so with Joe Burrow, you mentioned that you're not as concerned about stuff with him, but stuff with the team. I know how you felt about them not drafting. Um, uh, Penny Sewell and instead going with Jamar Chase, which I mean, it seemed like that was you know, where they were going. The writing yeah. on the wall was there. But um, does I mean, does adding Jamar Chase not do enough for you? I mean, maybe he can block. <laughs> no, he's certainly going to help. Um, it, the division does not help here. They're going to face the Ravens twice, the Steelers twice. It was rough against them last year. Burrow was yep. just getting sacked left and right. Um, so you got two against them, as always, two against an improved Browns defense with Miles Garrett. Uh, they got matchups against Chicago, San Francisco, Denver. They, they just got some tough matchups. And, I mean, they used their first uh, pick on offensive lineman was second-round pick, Jackson Carmen. Um, he's a tackle that they're converting to guard, which they haven't exactly locked into the starting lineup yet. So it's basically they're hoping Jonah Williams stays healthy. Um, they're hoping Riley Reif is stabilizing at right tackle. But – I just worry they're an injury away from the line is the same as last year, basically. So um, a lot of Burrow last year was volume, uh, 40 attempts per game, ranked third in the league. I would think they lower that a little bit just because he's coming off an ACL injury. Um, so I don't know. I, maybe by week six, he's right back to the old Burrow and he's you know easily a top eight quarterback or whatever. But I just worry about the line. I worry about the volume. I worry about the schedule. There's just a lot that worries me. And maybe that's just because I'm a Bengals fan. I don't know. But um, 
Uh, yeah, I, I just I think everyone they're almost like the Falcons from years past. They've got all these fun fantasy players and everyone kind of looks past the holes in their roster. Uh, I think people are doing that with the Bengals right now. Um, they've got to block. They've got to do better. I mean, they got to run the ball better. They've got to take some pressure off Burrow because it was just all on his shoulders last year. All right. And then uh, real quick, the Ryans, you've got Ryan Tannehill at 13, Matt Ryan at 15. It doesn't sound to me like you have any interest in drafting either of them. Uh, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is going in like the same range as Tom Brady right now. Um, And if Brady was too rich for your blood at pick 72, then Ryan Tannehill definitely is at pick 76. Uh, Matt Ryan is going last of all these quarterbacks. Um, He is going around pick 107. Um, but I mean, at, at that point, if you somehow miss on all the first 14 quarterbacks, are you picking Matt Ryan there at the end of the eighth round, uh, or sorry, end of the ninth round, uh, or are you just, who cares and just go get someone else? Yeah. I mean, he's one I struggle with. Um, he's burnt me a few times recently. I like the upside with Arthur Smith coming in. I, they still got some decent pass catchers. They throw it a lot. They play in a dome, bad defense. Um, He's one that I struggle with a little bit there. I agree with you. I'll have a quarterback before it gets to Matt Ryan. Um, I thought about dropping him down to the tier below. I might do that before the season starts. So he's right on the borderline there. Um, no rushing ability. Um, so we, we just basically need a spike touchdown right, right with him like a lot of these quarterbacks. So, yeah, it's uh, he's probably in the no man's land of quarterback for me where if, if I end up with Matt Ryan, I, things went poorly for me. All right. Well, but he he's there. And then Ryan Tannehill, you have him at 13. Um, like I said, average draft position for him right now is around pick 76. He's the 10th quarterback off the board. Um, what are, what are you seeing that everyone else isn't? I mean, he's ultra efficient. Um, and if he keeps doing what he's done the last two years, then he's going to be a really solid fantasy quarterback. Uh, he ranked 10th in points per game. Um, he gets AJ Brown paired with Julio Jones. That's about as good of a pass catching duo as you can. Um, he's had 11 touchdowns rushing over his past 28 games. Like there's a lot to like here about Tannehill. I worry with Arthur Smith leaving. We'll see what the offense looks like. Um, I actually, I don't mind Tannehill. I, I would much rather have Tannehill than Matt Ryan. Um, but when you, when you throw his ADP out there, that's when I push back a little bit. So I don't mind him if he's actually a QB 13 off the board. I just, one of these years, I expect some regression. He's 33, um, you know, new offensive coordinator. I'm just, I'm not jumping out to draft him, but if he falls to QB 13, I'll take him. All right. Um, next you got tier four. And at, again, at this point, hopefully you have a starting quarterback um, and you don't play in the league where uh, everyone drafts like two or three quarterbacks for some reason. Um, but if you are in tier four and you need someone, or you want to take a shot on someone, how do you feel the names you have in this list? We've got uh, Tua, uh, the Miami Dolphins quarterback, um, the both, Saints quarterbacks, uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Is this more of just like a whoever wins the job gets put yeah. here? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if the Saints are going to do some wild stuff with Taysom Hill to make them both viable starting fantasy quarterbacks because, I mean, it's happened. We literally had that last year. Uh, or, sorry, not – not, uh, but we had Taysom Hill as a viable starter at a different position. Um, uh-huh. So that was interesting. And then you also have uh, the rookies, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, and finally uh, the guy down in Houston. So uh, who are you taking a shot on, whether it's like, you know, I got Matt Ryan and I don't feel great about it, so let me get a second guy here, or like, man, I really screwed up and this is all I have left to work with. Yeah, so big thing here, this is not – if you're in a 2QB league, these quarterbacks do not fit in this tier. I'm going to bump up Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, the, the reliable players. This is, yeah, right. like you said, this is. there's been 15 quarterbacks gone. You've got a starter 
why are you taking Baker Mayfield? He doesn't have a huge ceiling here. Uh, this is where you swing for the fences. So yeah, these, uh, this is not where I think they're going to finish. This is where I would take them in drafts. Um, I think they all have upside to varying degrees. And I just, I, I think they're worth a shot. We don't know when the rookies are going to start. Um, but if you were drafting right now, I think it's worth taking Trey Lance or Justin Fields late and hoping they get to start week one. We'll see on them. Uh, Tua, I just think he's stacked with targets here. I mean, some of them have already popped up with some injury issues, but he's got Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, Miles Gaskin out of the backfield. He was a highly picked draft pick. Like there's, there's some things here for Tua that are pointing to a breakout. I'm not sure if I bought in on his talent quite yet, but he's got a nice supporting cast. So yeah, this is the take a shot on the players that I think could you know make a big impact later in the draft. Um, I'd like to have whichever Saints quarterback is the starter. They seem to be alternating days at training camp right now is who the starter is. We might not know for a while, but I would take shots on them. Uh, I've even taken them both in drafts super late and just see what happens. So, um, And then I just had to put Deshaun Watson somewhere. I haven't drafted him a single draft this year. It's just not a fun draft pick for me, so I've been skipping on him personally. Um, but I just put him here because it's kind of the end of the uh, you know quarterbacks with legitimate upside in my eyes tier. So, um, yeah. I don't think we really need to talk about Watson much. Yeah, no, there's there's no telling what's going to happen there. And and, and like you, I, I don't find myself wanting to draft Deshaun Watson. So I, if someone else wants to do that and he has a monster season, then good for them. But I'm I'm OK with letting that one go. Um, and it's funny, I was I was about to ask you, like right before you launched into uh, the one sentence about each quarterback as to what like the upside is. I was going to say, all right, give me the one sentence. So perfect. <laughs> Same wavelength there. I love it. Um, you know, at this point in the draft, I feel like it almost it's like beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um, mm-hmm. If you think Tua's prime for the breakout, take Tua. If you think, um, you know, Jimmy G is awful and there's no way he's going to take the the role over Trey Lance and, and we like the wide receivers they have there, you know, go take Trey Lance. I mean, this is really just the point where um, you want to take the home run swing. If, if you want that backup quarterback, that bench quarterback, or if you got stuck, and you're like, oh, let me just take the upside play and, and I'll figure out who my starter is later if I have to. Um, take the guy you feel good about. And then that way, if you're right, you can you know feel extra good about it and, and uh, take your victory lap. So that's the way I kind of look at these things. Um, you mentioned a couple quarterbacks there that you would rank you would rank higher than these guys, except for, you know, the purpose of where we're at in the draft um, and Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield. Where Where do you expect them? to kind of finish the season? Are they like right behind Matt Ryan? Um, or is it like they're definitely, there's a there's kind of more of a gap between that that end of tier three and Cousins and Mayfield? You know, I mean, I, Ryan is that tough one for me. I, I probably should bump him down to the Cousins tier because Cousins was better than Ryan last year. Uh, he put up 19 points a game. It was actually a really good season from Cousins. Everyone forgets about it. So uh, I think he was about like QB 13, 14, somewhere in that range. So Cousins is my favorite of the kind of leftovers. Um, I think Baker Mayfield has a legitimate shot here to to have his best season as a pro for sure. This is a really good roster Cleveland has. Um, I just, without much rushing ability and without a high volume passing attack, I just, I don't know if it's really going to be a difference making season. I mean, he's been averaging 14 and 15 points as uh, a game over the past two seasons. I mean, that's like Jared Goff numbers, you know, so it's not, his rookie year was 17 points a game. That gets him a little higher up, but we really need to see a big jump from Baker. So um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I worry that I'm underrating him. I really love the supporting cast in Washington. Um, and he's obviously shown flashes. He can get the ball down the field. I just, I just have a real hard time seeing Fitzpatrick put together a full season of excellent quarterback play here. So um, he might be someone you can pick up, start for the first five weeks or something. But I, I, I just feel like something's going to happen along the way that ruins this uh, 
dream season from Fitzpatrick, but hey, maybe I'm wrong here. I mean, you always, no matter who his, uh, you know, weapons are out there, he he always seems to alternate between being Fitz magic and Fitz tragic. So uh, it doesn't really seem to matter. So you loving all the weapons out there, that's great. Um, but you know, there's there, I mean, there's games where he he's like Jameis Winston in a lot of ways where he can go out and, and put up, there's a ton of points to be had. There's uh they score a ton of points, uh, the wide receivers eat. And because of the interceptions and, um, you know, maybe like a fumble or something like that, that just, it, it kind of ruins the day for Fitzpatrick. So it, it you know, that kind of stuff happens. Um, you know, I think honestly, for me, if I'm picking someone in this tier, it's because I, I drafted like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and I'm like, you know what, let me, let me hedge my bets and grab like Kirk cousins in case the season doesn't start out very well for Lawrence. Or if I draft, um, like if I end up with like Trey Lance and then all of a sudden he's not the starter, I want to make sure that I have at least the best of the rest of the guys. And that's going to be like cousins or Mayfield. So I, I personally, I'm with you on your ranking of Fitzpatrick. I don't think he's too low. I think he's, um, far too volatile to be someone targeted at this point in the draft. I think he's the kind of guy that you're like, all right, cool. They're playing a crap defense this week. And my quarterback is out. Let me go pick up Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah. for a week or two. Yeah, and um, I worry that I have Zach Wilson and Mac Jones too low, kind of how you mentioned yeah. earlier that, you know, we're terrible at predicting quarterbacks and nobody thought Herbert was going to be good <laughs> and he broke out. Um, so I, I maybe I need to shoot them up the draft board a little more, but I just figure with them, I, I don't see the breakout in them. We don't know what their floor is. Um, at that point, you're probably just better off taking Derek Carr or Daniel Jones. I maybe, I don't know, but I, I may raise up Wilson and Mac Jones a little bit higher before the start of the season because uh, we just don't know. They might be really well, good. I mean, if you're going to pick Wilson or Mac Jones, why don't you pick Wilson or Mac Jones, but with like actual talent on the roster? And that's Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I mean, who yeah. like Zach Wilson and, and Mac Jones are not throwing to anyone interesting, um, which by the way, kind of answers. I was about to ask if you care about, um, who wins the new England quarterback battle between Cam Newton and Mac Jones, but it kind of doesn't sound like there's very yeah. that much interest in Mac. I mean, if Newton could get healthy and start the full season, we could have something there. Um, man, I don't know though. Like you said, there's just not a lot of downfield element to this passing game. So if it is Mac Jones, I think it's going to be a lot of check downs and kind of possession offense, even if they're throwing it a little more. If you're not, if you're in a two quarterback league, I might, I might, yeah. uh, pick one of these guys as a third quarterback, like maybe not Mac. I don't think the, the ceilings there with Mac, but like a Cam Newton, a Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how high Justin Fields is being drafted, but one of these guys is like that third yeah. uh, quarterback to just like, Hey, look, let's swing for the fences. And, and maybe we, we land on something here. Um, sure. Is there of the people that we kind of haven't talked about today? I mean, and, and I guess we can kind of include some of those last guys. We just barely talked about Wilson and, and Mac Jones and, and Cam Newton, who, if there's, if there is a, top five quarterback in in this ranking i'm telling you i'm telling you right now i try i'm I'm time traveling from the future eric there's a guy you didn't rank in your top 20 he has a top five season who's that guy top five season out of the top 20 um well i mean and and also also it wasn't that all of the top 10 quarterbacks got hurt yeah okay give me on a point per game basis so they don't have to start the whole year how about that Um, yeah yeah, that's fine that's fine yeah yeah he he ended the season last last eight games of the season as a top five quarterback on a per game basis i mean this is a bad list so this is a bad answer here but um give me drew lock um he figures it out he's got good weapons i looking into noah fant for the tight end rankings uh, i think he's got a huge future ahead of him jerry judy i really like they've got depth at receiver Cortland sutton so 
So and wait, let me Locke let me ask you. The job and you, doesn't throw a bunch of interceptions. So you mentioned, I mean, the 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 Denver Broncos quarterback, and I like that a lot because I I do like the receivers in Denver, especially with Cortland uh, Sutton now healthy, uh, or you're presumably healthy for the start of the season. Jerry Judy looked fantastic last season. Um, you know, Noah Fant, one of the better tight ends, I think one of the more talented tight ends in the mm-hmm. NFL, at least one of the more athletic ones. Yeah. If you're if you're picking Drew Lock, why not why not Teddy B, who I think most people would consider the better quarterback of the two. Why don't you think Teddy B could be that guy? You know, I, I thought I was going to be in on him uh, coming into the off season. Um, I listened to the uh, fantasy points podcast with uh, Greg Cosell on it. I just totally respect his, his takes, his scouting. He's just been around forever. He knows what he's talking about. And Teddy Bridgewater seems like his type of guy. He, he, he runs the offense. He's a smart quarterback. He can, you know, kind of run the coach's vision of the offense through him. And they asked uh, Cosell about Teddy Bridgewater and he's like, nah, they're like, what? You don't like, like right. he's, a, he's like, he's a backup. They're like, oh, so you don't think he can run the off? He's like, no, they should play lock. He's got more talent. I was like, whoa. So that kind of blew me away because I thought Cosell would be at least a little on him. So um, I agree. I think Bridgewater could be good for the weapons, kind of like he was in Carolina, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's going to produce much of a fantasy season for Bridgewater himself. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think if you were to look at those two quarterbacks and say which one has the higher ceiling, I do think it's Drew Locke. Um, it's just the floor is just yes. it's like it's like out of the NFL next year low. Yeah. And that's yeah. what really scares me. And that's why I think we don't have him where we have guys like uh, I mean, it would be even be a huge disservice. He would mention in the same sentence as Joe Burrow, but like he's not even up with like the Justin Fields and Trey Lance's uh, mm-hmm. because those guys have a leash. Tua has a leash. Drew Locke has no leash. Yeah. Drew Lock has Drew Lock has one. Uh, uh, oh man, I'm drawing a blank on the backup quarterback in Buffalo who threw uh, six interceptions in in like one half. But uh, Peterman uh, or Lossman? Peterman, yes, <laughs> yes. Nathan Peterman. Drew Lock is one Nathan Peterman game away from being benched for the rest of the season, and it it hurts me to say, but I could see Lock having a half like that, unfortunately. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so that that's that's the downside. Of course, by the way, he's probably going to go out and have a Josh Allen like year now. now <laughs> I think another now we're out on him. I think another answer could have been Daniel Jones, like a um, I'm trying to think like a Bortles year. You know, Bortles wasn't mm-hmm. very good, but he had some big fantasy years. I could see Daniel Jones doing that. Um, I kind of worry that their coaching staff is just too happy to play defense and kind of keep it close to the vest. But he's got some weapons. He runs the ball. I could see him having a Bortles type year. Jones is probably the more realistic bet. But I just I don't think he's very good. So. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's just the rushing. He like runs for enough touchdowns, like he lucks his way in, into those, and uh, that would that would kind of be the big difference maker, uh, in my opinion. And that would I think it would also require, by the way, the Giants to have like a twelve and four season um, mm-hmm. to do that. And I I also don't see that happening. So um, that would also kill me inside and outside. I would just be dead. Period. Um, all right, is there any are there any quarterbacks? I feel like we've been very very uh, exhaustive with our quarterback list, but are there any quarterbacks that we have not talked about? Uh, I guess you know what there is. There is one more quarterback. I feel like we do need to at least mention, and that is the what if Deshaun Watson doesn't play this year quarterback, and that's Tyrod Taylor in Houston. Um, is there enough upside in that Houston offense and enough opportunity for Tyrod Taylor to be the poor man's Jalen Hurts, which is like maybe a starting quarterback? <laughs> Uh, I've actually drafted him like end of some dynasty super flex leagues, just as like a starter maybe for this year. Um, outside of that, no, I don't, I don't think he's going to run like he used to. He's, he's getting it up there in age. They've got no weapons around him, So, uh, no interest for me other than super deep, super flex leagues. All right. Well, there you have it. That's our quarterback 
uh, preview. Obviously, we have a lot more to come running backs later this week, and we'll do wide receivers and tight ends next week. So best of luck to you in your draft season. Go to QBList.com. Check out all of our new stuff as we've launched, all of Eric's rankings, our projections, all that stuff is going to be on there. And again, as always, if you want early access to the rankings, to the projections, if you want to get personal uh, analysis for your teams, get you know up to the minute and, and really like on the spot type of uh, help with your drafts, you got to join PL plus to be a part of our discord community. That's pitcherlist.com slash plus, And you'll get access to all of the QB list stuff with that. So definitely come, uh, come say hi to me. Come say hi to Eric and uh, let's win your fantasy leagues this year.